Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. to share the heart of God. They've got five minutes, okay? And uh, they're going to come just one after another. And so let us begin. I think it's Jeff. No, I'm sorry. Ira, you're the first guy. My turn to mess with you. Good morning, everybody. I apologize. I am still sporting my pandemic haircut. <laughs> this is as good as it gets, people. Looks and jokes. Sorry. All right. In memorandum, building memorials. I know this Monday is Memorial Day. We honor and recognize and remember our heroes on the front lines, our military, and those who have given their lives to give us this freedom to be here today to do what we are able to do. Building memories. This is something that they've done years and decades and millennia. It's it's what we do to help us to remember things. Um, Genesis 28, if you want to turn with me there. Genesis 28, 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. Verse 22. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. You see this throughout Scripture. You'll see God does something. He reveals something to prophet or to somebody on on the scene in the Bible, and they set up a memorial. It's usually, they they say they set up an altar. It's, It's the same thing. They're setting it up to recognize what God did, whether it was in their life, whether it was a word that was given. If you follow the story of Jacob, um, about chapter 32 or so, he's actually told by God to go back to Bethel. This, he, he calls this place Bethel, which means house of God. He's told to go back there and live. That memorial was set there so he would remember to go back to where, and he knows where it's at. He can find it again. That's, that's generally the reason why we use a memorial, so we don't forget something. We can remember it, remember why, and it's usually for something significant. Um, big memorial that we have here in the United States got the Vietnam Memorial, big stone wall. Have that picture in your mind, because I, I want to build off of that. We can also we can build good memorials that have good reasons, such as this Vietnam Memorial. 
they're built in such a way that it makes you focus on them so you can see it and remember and understand why it exists. We can also build bad memorials. We can memorialize a traumatic event in our life. We can memorialize that parent that did me wrong. We can memorialize that spouse, ex-spouse, that did something to me. I'm sure we've heard him say it. I'm never going to marry somebody like that again. I'm never going to be like my parent. That's a memorial. You've just now established by setting a stone in that moment in time in your life to say, never. Those are not good memorials. Think of the Vietnam Memorial. It's driving your focus to look at that black stone and to see every individual name and letter on it. It's the same thing with this. You're putting a stone here that you're able to look at, and what can you see? Nothing but that stone. You can't see anything going on around you. You can't see your future. You can't see your hope because you're stuck looking at this bad memorial in your life. These are not good memorials. And you can pick and choose. There's, everybody's got them. Everybody's gone through it because that's part of human life. We're going to experience that in our life. You have to be able to recognize this is a bad memorial. How do we get rid of that? God's already given us a key. You can give it to God. What does that look like? How, how do we give this bad memorial? How do we take this stone and say, God, this is your stone? I'm not going to forget it, but I am going to forgive so I can move forward. Because if not, you're going to be stuck looking at this thing for your entire life. You're going to miss that person that's supposed to be in your life because... You've now said, mm, I can't see you because I'm still looking at this. This is in front of me. It's blocking my view. I can't see it. We have to be careful that we don't allow the view of the memorial to block out our view of the world. Because it will change your perspective and you will miss or misrepresent those things in your life because that memorial is there blocking your view. Forgiveness is a huge key to get past those memorials. Thank you. Okay. 300 seconds. Here we go. Uh, title of my message is The Invisible God. Vivian, did you see God while you was worshiping? While you was praising him? You know, we're called to live by faith, not by sight. Yet, how do we believe in something we don't see? Uh, I, I found a pretty cool scripture I'm going to read to you. Uh, it's in Colossians. Uh, I want to start off just by saying this. If you, look, if you look at some verses, you'll see there's a lot of times there's the word we in there. I often wonder what that meant. The first verse in this chapter, it's not on the board, but it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. So Paul was inspired, or maybe Timothy wrote, but he, they were inspired by the Holy Ghost to write something down to a church that he's never been to, from my, what I can research. This is a church that started in, in Colossae that Paul hadn't gone to, but he'd gone close to there. He'd been to Ephesus, and he'd been to some of these other places. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start in verse 
9. And I'm just going to read through this, and then I'll back up. For this cause, we, there's Timothy in there, also, since the day we heard it, what did they hear? Well, to understand what they heard, you have to back up just a little bit. It says in verse 4, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all saints. So what they heard was the love that these people had for Christ. He heard that. So go on in verse 9. It says, Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. I want to tell you guys something, that you can pray this over yourself. This is a prayer, a scriptural prayer. You can pray it over other people. So if you've got some family members that you're just not sure about, you can pray this prayer over. Verse 11, strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. That's kind of a strange word, made us meet. It really has a meaning. It says it qualifies us to do this. Because we're in right standing with God, it qualifies us. Uh, verse 13 who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son I gotta pause for that for a second you know what if we actually believe that God has set us free from the power of darkness <laughs> why don't we believe that he has but yet we don't. sometimes it don't seem like we walk like that he has, he has set us free from the power of darkness. And he has translated us. And if you understand the word translated, it's really kind of a word that means transferred. He has taken us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. In a blink of an eye. The moment you were born again. Just like that. He's translated us. Next verse, which is my title. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn among, firstborn of every creature. Again, the word firstborn, you just think, oh, he's the first child. Well, he's the first in rank, is what that means. And he's over all creation. So, in verse 15, where it says the image of the invisible God, we don't have to see God to believe. We've got to get past this thinking that, well, I did, that I had to see something to believe it. We can, we can believe it. We can see God in everything, in all creation. I looked at a crazy-looking turtle yesterday, first one I've ever seen. If you guys don't know, we go turtle hunting, stuff like that, at the quad. <laughs> so Randall had caught this crazy turtle, I believe it was him, or Greg, and it was, a, it was the most incredibly designed, beautiful turtle I've ever seen. Great spots on it. So trust in God. Even though you can't see God, you can put your trust in him. You know he's there. We don't, we don't have to have to see everything. You know, when you walk by faith and not by sight, God's going to give you things to do and you're not really going to know all about it. You just might have a little bit, you know, like sell your home and move to Oklahoma. You might get that, but you won't get a win. 
morning. Before I get going, I want to just acknowledge uh, the video we saw in the beginning about the heroes and the veterans and stuff. I had a brother who survived Vietnam, and I'm thankful for that. Anyway, uh, the title of my message is, Oh, Really? And the scripture is, um, help me guys, what's the scripture? To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Have you ever noticed that when, uh, about the time you think you've got something, okay, man, I'm so excited, I'm past that. And then, yeah, oh, really? So, you think you're past this, huh? God has the greatest sense of humor, even better than my husband. Anyway, um... I got permission from Pastor Rice to share this part. When uh, this five minutes of fire comes up, Pastor sends out a text to people that he wants to participate. And I live with several of those people. And so it was noticed, I think, by my husband first. Hey, I noticed you're not on the list. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't get invited. And uh, my mind, my, the old me, wanted to go rampant thinking all the reasons why and yada yada but for one I think God is using it for today to minister to other people who deal with the same type thing our mind goes crazy yeah you're a big one right there and the other thing is I'm thankful for a pastor that I can put my trust in so I knew if, there, if I wasn't on there, there was a reason. He does nothing by accident. Kind of like our Heavenly Father. And so, this morning I spent some time around the creek that's in the back of our property and just praising God and being trying to be get my peace back, get where my trust is supposed to be. And uh, sure enough, when I walked in this morning, I wasn't in the door two seconds, and the pastor said, Tracy, can I talk to you? In that kind of voice where you're thinking, ooh, what did I do? Anyway, um, so here I am. Anyway, to fast forward, here I am doing this. So for me, um, I'm sure I have lots more, but this today I'm talking about rejection. And that is something that I grew up with uh, from before I was born, actually. You know, I was not intended to be here as far as my mom thought or my dad. Um, and had, had an ugly time growing up as far as people people reinforcing that, you know. Why'd your mom name you Yuck? Because she didn't know how, Or why'd your mom name you Tracy? Because she didn't know how to spell Yuck. Just really bizarre things. Um, so even though I, I, I did learn that my parents loved me, and I, I knew that all along, but yet I battled those words. So Satan has used those words my whole life, which I don't know if any of you guys have anything like that in your past. But, and I, I tell that story, I mean, no disrespect to my family. They just didn't know. And neither of my parents are on the earth anymore, so I sure don't mean to disrespect them. But the, the seeds of that can travel long beyond what you think. In just little things 
And so God is pointing that out to me in so many things in, in the way that, okay, you think you got this, you, you thought you had this all gone. Well, evidently not um, to the point where there's a, there's a little girl that's kind of special in my life that for the last couple of weeks I've been trying to get a hug from her. And I, she, she's not ready to give me one yet. And my mind is even playing tricks on me about that. But I refuse to succumb to it. So I just encourage each one of you out there. I don't know. Maybe nobody else deals with rejection. But uh, don't listen to your mind. Get in the word, get with your father, and allow him to free up from that stuff. And what we talk about is really important, what we say out of our mouth. I live with, uh, I've lived with a lot of people, and a lot of them are coming out of some ugly stuff. And I just have, on more than one occasion, encourage them not to say stuff from the past because God has done such a work in all of us each and every one of you guys ministers to me almost every day So I titled my message today, Sold Out. And the verse I'm going to be reading is Romans 6, 16. This is what the Bible says. Do you not know that whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? All you that know me, it's no secret where I've come from. My life was a complete mess. Um, I was in heavy drug addiction, lived homeless, uh, could never keep a job. My family couldn't, couldn't keep my family together. I was epically failing as a man. The thing was, is I was operating on my own strength, and I believed in everything the world told me. I found my worth and how much money I had, and guess what? I had none. I found my love and how many likes I had on Facebook. And nothing I posted was worth looking at. I found acceptance and popularity. When people liked me, oh, I must have been cool. I'm, you know, I must have been fun. When people didn't, um, I felt worthless. But it wasn't until I came to the complete end of myself that I decided I didn't want my life no more. And I remember crying, please, take it. And see, what I meant in my own mind was end my life. But there was a God out there that decided my, my life was worth something when I thought it was worth nothing. And he showed me a way out. He offered me a way out. And he led me to a place where I could, where I could witness his true love. And it was then... I had a going out of business sale. 
and Jesus was buying. I decided to give my life to him. I'd had enough. And he came in. And not only did he buy every hurt, every pain, every failure, everything in my entire life, he found those things which I'd hid. We got all got hidden stuff. There's some things that's happened to us in our lives that they were too great for us to bear on our own, so we, we dug a hole and we put them in it. And we want to forget all about it. Jesus is so good that he knows those things that we have hidden. And he reveals himself in such a way that we can trust him with it now. So whenever, we, whenever he brings it back to our attention, we, get, we got two choices, guys. We can say, no, no, wait, oh, I forgot about that. That's mine. I'm going to keep it. And let's be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we do. Or we can make the choice to remind ourselves of the goodness and mercy he had already pulled us out of, and we can trust him with those deep, deep hurts. So we are who our life is not our own. Galatians 2.20 specifies it greatly that our life's not ours, but it's Christ's life that now lives in you. Now I want to jump down to uh, Romans 6.22. Let's talk about the result. It says, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves to God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. Now see, God just doesn't give you life. He gives you life more abundantly. When I was a slave to sin, my life was death. Now that I've given myself to God, I have life, eternal life that's found in Jesus Christ. That life is life more abundantly. I want to ask you guys and I want to encourage you to remember the God we serve. He's a good God. He says it over and over again. There's many testimonies all throughout the Bible of God's goodness and mercy, but there's also a warning sign. When you hold on to those things, those things that you, that you hold above God, when you refuse to give it to him, you let those things, you are now slaves back in those things, and, and, and you cannot go further. God will take you as far as you're willing to let him take you. I love you, each and every one of you. Thank you. disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and, I will, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So, if you don't know, I didn't know, um, honestly, I didn't want to go. 
said that my mom was home, but happy that everything worked out. But it, it, I didn't want to go, and I, I didn't know why I was going, but I stepped out in some faith, and it worked out good. Um, nobody told my boss this story. Uh, yesterday, I was, uh, the other day I was at work, and I was hanging some signs, and I was on top of these 18-wheelers, trailers, and I was putting these signs up, and I had been doing it all day. We was carrying around this, this ladder, and we were kind of high up in the air, you know, on top of the 18-wheeler trailers, and um, we kept on moving this ladder, but I'm telling my buddy, I'm like, hey, man, I don't need a ladder, and I was just stepping across the 18-wheeler trailers. <laughs> and, uh, well... I had been doing this all day, right? And this one particular time, I stood up, and I grabbed the signs, and right before I went to go step across this trail, and my buddy said, hey, man, I'm going to get the ladder for this one. But he, and I had been doing this all day successfully. I knew I could make it. But in that instant, doubt popped up, and I was frozen. And I, I couldn't step across that gap. wouldn't work in my mind. I couldn't make it. Well, we got the ladder, I climbed down, you know, and we moved on to the next one. But I realized that the Lord had showed me that the enemy is always there, no matter what the, what's going on. I'm not saying my buddy's the enemy, but he's, there's some, always something there that's saying, you can't do that. There's nothing here for you. You can't help them guys. You can't speak life because you're deaf. But all you got to do is have faith that the Lord's that building that you're just holding on to that ledge. He ain't going to let you fall. You just got to take that step, just a little bit of faith. And, you know, it's really cool that our God shows us these things, man. He's there to listen to us. He's there to talk to us. He's there for anything we need. And all it is is a promise that he will never leave he will never forsake us and he's faithful so when you're looking at that gap whatever that gap is for you drugs, addiction, money sex whatever it is man all you have to do is take that step and he will not let you fall I love you guys thank you for letting me share oh wait, wait, no wait, wait I got one more for you Pull my other scripture up, guys. I'm sorry. Romans 8, 20, uh, 28, I believe. This is the promise right here. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who call, to them who are called according to his purpose. We're called for his purpose, guys. Amen.
my life has been heavily impacted by inviting God into my money. So if you want to talk about that at a later time, I love talking about it, but right now I'm not going to talk about money. Um, oftentimes when God is showing me something, he will show me something in the natural and translate it into the spiritual. So um, Pastor just taught a Bible study about yielding and merging and relationships, and it's true the way the world would tell us to love other people and to interact with other people is did they earn it, right, their performance, and treat them accordingly, whether it's your spouse, your parents, your kids, um, the cashier, your server, whoever. Um, we have this me-first attitude, and what I saw is that this carries over to our relationship with God sometimes. Um, we can get to a place where we're just waiting to receive from God. What can God give me? Um, those experiences where he knocks us off our feet, he does that sometimes. He surprises us. Those are amazing experiences, but that's not the extent of a relationship with him. And so what he showed me in the natural, he actually showed me through marriage. Um, the amount, the frequency, I guess, my willingness to pursue my spouse directly affects how I'm receiving from him. And this is, this could be said in any relationship, but God showed me this through my marriage. And so when I think about us being the bride of Christ, how does this carry over? to how we pursue God. And I think that the level of our intentional pursuit directly affects how we receive or our ability to receive. And so if we, if we shift our, our mindset or our heart set to pursuing other people without concern of what we're going to get out of it, um, doors open to deeper intimacy with those people. And so if we carry this over to our relationship with God when we when we intentionally pursue God, a deeper intimacy forms there. There's a deeper relationship that can happen there. So what does this have to do with honoring God with increases? Um, I think this verse does speak to money in part, but I think that if we only ever associate giving with money, we miss a lot. Um, and so I think that what 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 is an increase, you know, in financial terms, it could be your bonus, your paycheck, whatever. Um, but everything we have is from God. Waking up every day is an increase. Your health is an increase. Your time is an increase. Your kids are an increase. Even your phone could be an increase. It says possessions and increase. Um, everything we have can be considered an increase. And I think when we honor God with our increases in this way, we're, we're pursuing him. It's a form of pursuing him. Um, Verse 10 goes on to say, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Um, you know, Malachi 3.10 talks about God opening the windows of heaven and pouring out blessings. And um, again, I love to talk about tithing, but I'm not going to talk about money now. There's something about pursuing God with your first fruits that are not financial. You get spiritual blessings. He fills your barn with spiritual blessings. Um, and so I've begun to... I've begun to consider my morning time as tithing my time to God. It's a tithe of my time. Um, I had an experience where one morning I was having a hard time settling my mind and I'm thinking about what am I going to take for lunch and I'm really not giving my, God my attention. And so I'm like, let me try this prayer, let me try reading this. And it's just, my eyes are going like this. and <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, God, I'm blowing this. And he said, just sit. And so I did, and a couple minutes later, our oldest woke up, and she's 
half asleep coming down the hall, and I hear her, so I go to meet her. She hasn't said a word yet. Her eyes are barely open, and I'm hugging her, and I'm kissing her, good morning. And God said, that's what these mornings are about. He said, I know when you're waking up, and I wait for you, and I come to meet you. She didn't even ask for you to give you a hug. Um, so I think when we're intentional with our increases like time with God, he shows us things. There's deeper intimacy there. And so I just want to ask you guys, where, where has he given you increases that might not be financial or material? Um, and how are you honoring God with it? Bless the Lord. Did they do a good job? Hallelujah. My opportunity to speak to you about the God Project. Uh, the Word of God speaks in 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter, 26 and 27. It says, And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bear him a son. But the thing that God had, the, the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. You see, God has perfect plans. From the very beginning, before you were born, he, oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. he had a plan for you. It was perfect. It was excellent. The same thing with David. He saw that in David's heart as a boy, uh, he, he, he knew the plan. He was going to establish a great king in David. Then what happened? David's will, his actions, shattered everything. It was over. Done. God's plans were destroyed. What is God going to do now? Listen, this is you. Hear the words of the Lord today. This is you. His mercy endures. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. He remakes he reestablishes, he beautifies a shattered life. Listen, this is you. Do you understand that God wants you to stop the mourning? For you see, Bathsheba, wasn't, it wasn't in God's plan that this happened, but after they asked for forgiveness, don't miss this, that God put Bathsheba in the line for Jesus' birth. Can someone say amen to that? Whoo, hallelujah. Listen, if that doesn't stir your soup, let me give you a spoon instead of a fork. Hallelujah. I tell you something that God wants you to see today. He wants you to stop mourning over the things that, 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 that he's forgot about. Can someone say amen to that? Listen, if you've asked for forgiveness, get back to what pleases him. Take a hold of his promises because there's many out there. Can someone say amen to that? Except because he, because you asked for forgiveness, don't miss this, he has moved on. Oh, hallelujah. He's already moved on. And you're sitting there going, oh, my God, do you remember what happened to me it's, uh, on January 17th, 1972? I remember it. And he goes, no, I don't. I've moved on from that. Oh, hallelujah. Can someone say amen? He's moved on. It's time for you. To move on. It's, listen, listen. God has a new plan. 
No matter, no matter how bad you were, listen, he's messed with, he's messed with murderers, haters, he, jealous. He, it, nothing bothers him. He has moved on, and he's preparing, oh, hallelujah, to make your life beautiful again. That's what he does. Oh, hallelujah. That's what he does. He paints that picture, and then you take a big thing of blue paint, and you go, whoosh. How do you like that? That's okay. I got another canvas over here. <laughs> and so he goes over and he begins to paint. He begins to paint again something beautiful. And before you know it, there your life is. And you look back and you say, well, this must have been God's will. I knew it. I knew God wanted me to do all these things. That's such a lie. He didn't will for David to be up on the attic and go, He's pretty good looking there. Let's go get her. No, that wasn't God's will. But you know what? When he destroyed everything, when man, when you, when I, I smashed my life, what did he do? He didn't say, grumpy, boom, you knucklehead. No, he says, listen, I got another plan. Listen, now don't miss this. I know my time is over with. He says, he knew Friday would happen. He knew that he was going to place the sins of the world. He was going to place it on the one that he loved. But he knew, hallelujah, he knew that Sunday was coming. Can someone say amen, hallelujah? He knew it, hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you smash things on Friday. Sunday's coming, hallelujah, hallelujah. And resurrection shall be that day. Can someone say amen, hallelujah? I don't know about you, but I'm so happy that I've been resurrected. Can someone say amen? Have you been resurrected today? And I tell you this, I tell you this, if you haven't, then you need to move on because God has. You need to catch up to him and say, Lord, rise me from the dead because I want to see my life beautiful again. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, church? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.